Wade into wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Wade into Wealth, back from our first hiatus since the creation, founding, and beginning of this podcast uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, We're back. Took some time off for the spring break or Easter break, whichever you prefer to call it. We're back. That's right. You went to sleep, woke up in California. Uh, That is not how it happened. I I have no idea how to work any of this stuff. uh, I I did go there, but it does. uh, I was awake for most of it. So it's good. um, good. I do appreciate uh, do appreciate your perspective on that, though. Happy to have you back Um, because I have zero clue how to operate any of this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's. it's a tightly held secret that I keep to myself because that makes it essential for me to be kept around. That's right. Because I know you don't know how to do it. So that's, right. that's helpful. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about interest rates though today because we've we've harped on interest rates on fixed income investments, not because there's anything wrong with them, because they just weren't very attractive. And right. it's been that way for a while, last couple of years, um, but especially recently, the last five or six months prior to that, interest rates were really low, but we are seeing a shift. And it's a shift that I think is making it worth folks rethinking their fixed income investment somewhat. Absolutely. Potentially. It's a a meaningful shift because what we're seeing is that what in a lot of cases can be perceived as conservative investments uh, have some risks associated with them in a lot of ways that perhaps you're not familiar or maybe you're not comfortable with and understanding why that's happening uh, can help help guide you as as you go forward. The ten year U.S. Treasury, which is in a lot of ways kind of the benchmark rate that everything else yeah. in the investment world is set off of, started the year at one point six percent. And before we came down here, we're filming this on Monday, April twenty fifth. Before we came down here, it was at two point eight. Mm-hmm. Now, on the surface, going from one point six to two point eight isn't that much. It doesn't seem like it's that much. Yeah. In fact, in a lot of ways, it probably seems de minimis almost. And it's down today a couple of percentage points. Correct. But that's a 75% increase. Yeah. That's meaningful, a, a meaningful jump, especially when your bonds or the bond mutual funds, especially that, that you may have in your 401k, 403b, or 457 plan, are inversely correlated with interest rates. And that's jargon. That just means that as interest rates go up, the value of your bonds and your bond funds will go down. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that. And I'll give some examples. Please do. The Bond Fund of America, good good bond fund, this year is down more than nine and a third percent as yeah, of as of this recording. It's getting hammered. It's down just as much as the stock market is. Right. The Vanguard Intermediate Term Corporate Bond Fund down almost 11%. Mm. Now, you don't own bonds or bond funds for them to go down just as much as the stock market. In fact, you own them for quite the opposite reason. And the potential for them to appreciate in a quickly period of time. Unlikely. Very unlikely versus a stock investment that you might say, yeah, it can can appreciate much more quickly when things smooth out or, or when they recover. Yep. Yeah, you're making some some very good points. And to expand on that, 
we have said multiple times in this podcast how individual bonds have not been very attractive investments for most investors simply because the fact that the returns were so low, they were lower than inflation. Even when inflation was at 2%, those returns were low and you would have to hold on to an individual bond for a significant amount of time, seven, eight years, to get a return near 2%, which is a really long time to be locked into something. That has no 2%. little to no potential right. for growth or appreciation. Right. And, and to back off a bit, there is a difference that we should restate. You talked about bond funds mm-hmm. and the risks associated with them. Individual bonds have a stated date in which they mature, which means if you invest an amount of money, if you invest $5,000 into a bond from XYZ company, you get your interest for a period of time, and then on the bond's maturity date, the face value of that bond, the $5,000, is paid back to you. It's a loan. And individual bonds, as long as you hold them until they mature, are significantly less impacted by shifts in interest rates. Right. So it is where stock mutual funds, individual stocks, they tend to operate in in, in concert with each other. Yep. If they're going up, the other typically goes up and, and vice versa. Bond mutual funds versus individual bonds, completely different. Well, there's two types of risks that are in all bond investments, whether it's a bond fund or an individual bond. Credit risk. And that just means the quality of the investment that that you're putting your money into. Someone like General Mills, a short-term General Mills bond, doesn't carry nearly as much credit risk as someone like uh, Occidental Petroleum, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an an oil and gas company. Or someone like even, uh, you may look at a Tesla. Boeing. Yeah, Boeing will carry more risk than, I'm trying to think of really off the wall. Well, the risk Um, is. The risk is that they go out of business. Right. And a company like General Mills in a short-term basis is unlikely to go out of business in the next couple of years. That doesn't mean it's impossible. But what is short-term to you? Uh, less, three years or less. Okay. So it's important to state that time frame. Thank the you. The question yes, is, yes, you're right. what do we think the odds are or chances are of a company going bankrupt and being unable to pay their obligations? Because in a bond, it's a contractual obligation that it has to the investor, you. And the only way a company can get out of paying its interest and its principal back is if they're in bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So you may view investing in a bond a little differently than you view investing in a stock. Because in a stock, you want a growing company. You want a company that has good sales that, that are getting bigger. In a bond, I'm not too concerned if a company's sales have stagnated or slowed down. As long as we have a high degree of confidence that in the next couple of years, they're going to be in business mm-hmm. because as long as they're in business, they're contractually obligated to pay you the interest and your principal back. So credit risk is the chance or the likelihood that a company goes out of business while you hold one of their bonds. And one of the reasons that we like to look for bonds that are going to mature within a relatively short amount of time, because there was a time, and I remember this, I went to Blockbuster a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. I used to love going to that store. Sure. Sometimes dad would let me get a video game. Yep. Although not too often because we only had like a Nintendo and that was yep. when everyone else had like a Sega Genesis. So we were behind the times. But in 1996, did you think, well, I don't know if you remember it, but I, I'm I, sure it was a little of concern bust, to you, me. You weren't thinking about it, yeah. but a lot of folks probably thought, huh, 
Now, Blockbuster's probably a pretty sound company and is not going anywhere. Now, fast forward, there's one Blockbuster located in Bend, Oregon, yep. in the entire United States. That's why we don't like to look for bonds that are 10 years or 12 years. A lot can happen in that period of time. Shorter yeah. period of time, yeah. two, three, four years, we can have a greater degree of comfort and certainty that a company will be okay over that period of time. So the one risk, credit risk, the chance of the company going out of business while you're holding their bond. The other risk is interest rate risk. And that is the risk that interest rates in the marketplace will go up while you're holding the bonds. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have that maturity date that you alluded to earlier, and you hold the bond to its maturity, in a lot of ways, you can significantly reduce and potentially eliminate interest rate risk by just holding the bond to maturity. Right. That does not exist with bond mutual funds or bond exchange-traded funds because they don't have a stated maturity date right. where the principal of the investment will naturally gravitate back towards its face value, as you had mentioned. Its par value has a number of names. Right. Uh, but but what the investment is truly worth upon upon its maturity. Bond funds can often be like turning a large ship in the ocean, too, because often you can make the case, well, if interest rates are going up, aren't they able to get better returns? Well, yes, but they aren't also likely to be liquidating their entire portfolio of bonds yep. just to be putting them into new bonds, whereas it is a lot easier as an investor. I just... Uh, 10 minutes before we started this podcast was having a conversation with a client who said, I've got some extra money at the bank. I don't really want to put it into the stock market. What could we do? And I said, this is actually an opportunity where we might look at some individual bonds because for two to four years, you can get three and a half percent. Six months ago, you were getting 1.8% on yeah, that. You yeah. would have if gotten about 1.8 with the yeah. same bonds. The quality of them is no different. Right. But the interest rate environment is different, and so there are some opportunities there. So let's let's explain that a little bit, right? Because let's say last year you came in and you got a bond, mm -hmm. general. We'll say General Mills bond, and it was paying interest of one and a half percent, and you bought it. Yep. I come in today, and I think, well, I want a bond, and now it's paying three percent. Mm -hmm. So. In the marketplace, I can get the same type of bond that'll pay me 3%, but you want to sell your bond. So you want to sell your bond to me, and you let me know. I have this 1.5% bond, really good quality quality company, mm -hmm. but I'd like to sell it because I have this event going on in my life, buying a house, whatever it may be, right. and I wanna, I'd want i like to get the cash back. I say, well, well, Mr. Chuck, I can get a bond in the marketplace for 3%. Why would I pay for your 1.5% bond? And you would say, well, Mr. Ethan, I will sell you my bond at a discount right. to make it worth your while. I will take less than what I originally put into the investment so that you get a same type of return than if you go out into the bond, into the marketplace and get a bond today. I'll take 90 cents on the dollar. Sure. You, you will lose money, and, right. and that's a factor of interest rate risk. Now, let's reverse that. You got the 3% bond mm -hmm. last year. I have the percent, or in the marketplace, I can get a percent and a half today. Look and say, Mr. Chuck, I really like that bond. Mm -hmm. You're getting 3%, and I can only get 1.5% today. Well, now I'm going to have to pay up for it. Now you've got to give me a dollar ten. That's right. I have dollar. to pay what's right. called a premium for the bond because you have a premium bond over what I can get in the marketplace today. That's because interest rates went down. Mm -hmm. The value of your bond goes up. 
The reverse of that is exactly what we're seeing today. Interest rates have gone up, which means that the value, if you want to sell your bonds today, will be less than what you paid for them a year ago. However, if you have individual bonds and you hold them to maturity and the company stay in business, you're getting back your dollar on that investment. You're not having to get back 90 cents on the dollar. And this is also why when we're working with folks or speaking about bonds, I don't recall a conversation I've ever had because I haven't had it where I say, we're going to buy this bond and wait for the price to change and we're going to sell it. Right. It is, we are going to hold this until it matures. And then you'll get your, when you get your money back, we will see what the environment looks like and have a conversation about how to reinvest mm-hmm. it or what to do with it. Yep. It's like a basement. You want your basement to be stable. You want it to be well-built, uh, foundation. Foundation, house, yeah, yeah. Right. Good, yeah. And you typically, in most cases, now maybe you have a finished basement, and it's nice, but typically nobody is like, hey, come see this basement. Foundation, come, come see my come foundation. Come look at my foundation. Yeah. Come look at how great this is. Look at these yep. cinder blocks. Yeah. They're awesome. Good mortar. No, but you get a water leak in your basement. Water's coming back up out of the pipes. This is no good. This is a big problem all of a sudden. Big problem. A big problem. <laughs> yeah, it I is. will tell you. I mean, look, when you get tree roots in your pipes and the stuff that you're flushing down the toilet is coming back up the drain in the basement floor. Now, that's a big that problem. That is no good. That is a big problem. It's a big problem. Then you notice... Then you know when something's gone wrong. That's right. Nobody calls, nobody emails and says, thank you so much for that bond. I love it. Goes bankrupt, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something goes wrong, and that's why when we're investing with bonds, we want to own them in the manner that provides the lowest amount of risk possible. Own them with a plan to hold them until they mature, and then let it work for you. And understand, there are differences that in the current environment where interest rates are rising, what was once Mm -hmm. a conservative investment for you may have extra layers and more risks associated with it today than when you first made your original investment into it. And it's just just understand. Where does that apply most? Typically, where does bond fund where, where are most bond funds found? 401ks, 401ks 403Bs, right. 457 plans. So this is where it is worth looking and evaluating. Now, most 401ks will not allow you to own individual bonds. Correct. But it's worth taking a look at your investments and how they are allocated and seeing where things are and if there are any adjustments that you may be able to make. We're not in the business of making predictions. We sound like a broken record saying that. But... It does look as if interest rates will rise more in the near future or the likelihood of interest rates rising is greater than interest rates falling in the near future. Mm -hmm. And not all bond funds are the same. While in a rising rate environment, perhaps they're not ideal. None of us live in an ideal world. And some bond funds in those circumstances will respond better than others. It's just don't paint your investments with a broad brush and just pick pick certain things because you think they're going to be conservative for you. Yeah. So rising interest rates, it, it's not, it, it isn't just something that affects you if you're looking to buy a mortgage or a new vehicle. There's okay. cases where your cost of borrowing is and has gone up. 
But there are also opportunities if you are an investor that is looking to reduce risk, looking for consistent income, or may have some savings at the bank that isn't doing anything that you don't need, this is something you may give some thought to. And that strategy can be a bridge to higher rates because if a couple years down the road, right. it's possible what, what we're getting at 3 3.5% today may be 4 maybe 5 It's possible it could be 2 No one knows. We're right. not going to predict it. But having a strategy that makes sense for your circumstances is ultimately going to benefit you in the long run. I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interest rates. Happy to talk more about it. We can be found at Wade Into Wealth on all the various forms of social media. Um, Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com. If you'd like to send us an email, I'm Chuck. That's Ethan. And this is Wade Into Wealth. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.